Do the trashy pulp novels of the world have anything to offer? Are bestsellers all they're hyped up to be? The Terrible Book Club explores whether or not you really can judge a book by its cover or its ridiculous synopsis. If you've ever seen a book and thought, ugh, who's reading this? We probably are. Welcome to episode 50 of the Terrible Book Club. I'm Chris, and this is Paris. Hello. Um, if you're new to Terrible Book Club, if you're somehow catching us on our 50th episode here, um, what we do here at the Terrible Book Club is read books that we assume will be bad based on their cover, title, summary, or some combination thereof, maybe the whole package. So we're forcing ourselves to read books we would never otherwise choose to read in our regular day-to-day lives. Usually the experiment results in a hilariously disappointing read. Oh boy. Uh, uh, but once in a great while, a book comes along that at least partially subverts our assumptions. And this, oh, I think, maybe, that's yeah, happened? Uh, yeah, yeah. This this isn't a hilariously disappointing read. And it's not I, great. It's like it's like the worst fucking thing we've ever picked up. Uh, yeah, you know what? I, I mean, Let's just, off the top of everything here, this is... In a class of its own. I, this time, yeah. this time, Paris. Yep. Did someone send us a fucking copy of the Necronomicon or something? Every time I tried to start understanding this book, a new unfathomable tendril reeled out of the darkness of the direction. <laughs> I didn't even know it was possible un- until I-, I saw it happen in front of me. It. I, I think it's supposed to be a screenplay. Yeah, yeah, of it, some is. Kind. it is. It is supposed I, to be a screenplay. Um, where did where did where did we even find this, Paris? All right, so I got a random message from a listener. This, this happens a lot. We get random messages from people who want to recommend something or ask us questions about stuff we've read before. So not unusual, but the unusual thing was that they uh, requested to remain anonymous. So I will not reveal reveal their gender or anything. I will only say that an anonymous entity recommended we read this. Um. And I didn't realize quite what we would be getting into with this. Uh, there um, was no way to realize what was about to happen to us, Paris. Yeah. So uh, do we want to tell everyone what the title of this is? Like what we're actually, what we've read? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this time we read The Eclipse of Darkness, Unveiling the Unseen World by Robert Arden Shazani Shani Shazani Shazani it's S Z A N Y I or S Z A N Y I I'm not really sure how you're supposed to say that um I I mean Chris's theory is that the anonymous uh, recommender was actually Satan, which there, makes look, a lot of sense considering this book. a mysterious book. anonymous person messaged us asking us to weird a read book that fucking melted my brain you just from said within to, Paris. You just said to weird a read book. Your brain okay. is broken. Yeah, it's gone, Paris. I, <laughs> all right, all I right. finished reading this today. 
and I feel like something has been fundamentally altered within me. Yeah, I also feel that way. Um, I, so we're doing a lot of uh, we're doing a lot of talking about this. We're not doing a good job describing. We're not doing a good job showing you. So you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna show you. If you want to understand what we're going through real quick, just go to this website sites.google.com slash site slash sunny production films that is the website that is the website for this man who wrote this thing so this book is supposed to be a screenplay so it's written as though it's a movie but so there are a number of problems with it but the main issue is that it's like he wrote it as though it was a screenplay, but he didn't separate like the stage direction and scenery and uh, and like character descriptions with the from the dialogue. So it's all just it all runs together and it makes it makes for something that is truly bewildering. Um, You're supposed and, to have a format in a screenplay. Yeah. And yeah, format a- <laughs> has been shot and killed violently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, format format had its throat slit a long time ago. Um, I mean, and so in addition to that, so we have this kind of like strangely formatted, unstructured book that's written as a screenplay. So it's already very different, you know, from a normal uh, novel, right? But then the, the other thing that makes it practically unreadable is the way English language is abused repeatedly <laughs> throughout this Another book. thing dragged out and back and murdered I, mercilessly. I, so, I mean, I, I think that the author may not uh, speak English or write and read English as his primary language. That's my guess. Just based on how bizarre the language is in this book and all the spelling errors and the confusion with uh with words i mean and you know how you know sometimes someone spells something incorrectly but you know what they were going for because the word that they spelled kind of you know it's like a homophone like it sounds like the word they meant or maybe it it's, looks a little bit like the word they meant there are some misspellings in here that like i just i have i, I don't i can't imagine what this person meant like there's he uses the word species in a way, I don't understand. Like, when he's talking about, like, a communion wafer, he uses the word species, and I don't... I'm so confused. Um, How... Okay, let's just... Re- here's a little taste test for us to kind of get started. A little appetizer before we get into <laughs> the, the meat here. Um, one of those things mentioned is uh, the word hand grenade is spelled as hand grenard, as in <laughs> yep. G-U-R-N-A-R-D. Yeah. Yeah. So, let's get some content warnings. Yeah, out yeah. Of the way. So, uh if you if you frequently find yourself uh having breaks with reality or if you feel like you're about to, don't listen to this episode because this is going to push you right through to the other side. That that's so surreal. Everything is surreal and bizarre. Um we do have some discussion of like abortions, a lot of like bloody things, uh demons, Everything violence. is bleeding all the time. Yeah, a lot of just metaphysical nonsense. I I mean this book isn't like it's not super graphic, but it's got some weird stuff in it. Um yeah, no no um 
no sex really a boob happens a singular <laughs> breast occurs at one point there's plenty of That's... references to sexy women and how they're alluring to you and how sex is bad yeah so let me just give a quick run like a quick synopsis of what i'm pretty sure this fucking thing is about so all right paris take me uh... the fuck away because i can't <laughs> I would be able to do that. All right. So the premise of this screenplay that this uh, that Mr. Sazani Sazani has written is that uh, so it's a different it's a it's a take on the Christian Genesis or the Judeo Christian Genesis, so the origin story, uh, you know, of humanity in the universe. So uh, this author thinks that. Actually, yeah. I so I thought this this was fiction, but by the end of this, I'm I feel like this is just what this guy thinks is real. I don't I don't know. So he see in this in this book, uh, Genesis is caused by like Satan, basically. Like the Big Bang is Satan. Like Satan caused the universe to come into existence, and it exists in a parallel reality with eternity and like heaven eternity whatever is like the same thing so you have the sort of like immortal realm and i guess humans were in the immortal realm but like just as spirits they didn't have a physical form so human spirits were you know in the immortal realm like having a fucking great time but then you know satan made this universe and they they like looked through the veil and they were like oh sick it looks fucking cool over there let's go over there and so they went over to the other side, and hey, guess what? That was the original sin. The original sin was going into Satan's world, which is Earth and the universe. Uh, and so now, people are trapped on Earth uh, because they have been tempted by Satan. So first, Satan is like, oh, look at this like sparkly tinfoil universe, little kitten humans. And kitten humans are like, oh, sick, I want to play with that tinfoil. And they went over. And then um, to keep the kittens there with the tinfoil he just like sprinkles catnip all over it right so <laughs> so all that catnip all that satanic catnip are things like yeah sexy ladies um air uh we'll talk about that in a second air, um, yeah. yeah um a, a mechanism of control all of all of the 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 physical uh earthly delights right like parades so, are so, mentioned as a thing <laughs> yeah parades, like... parades very tempting to humans turns yeah. out um so you know basically and this this isn't really a new idea so it's it's hard to kind of like parse out when you're reading this because it's such a linguistic train wreck but um it's really not a new idea right most most religions have this concept that the earthly uh the human the bodily those are the uh, in, in a lot of cases, it's like those are the negative things. You have to reject them, you know, reject sex, reject food, reject greed for physical things. And in some cases, it's just like, hey, that's, you know, maybe it's not so negative, but it's like, hey, that's just not the right path. Like, you need to seek mental clarity, you know, psychic uh, purity. You need to focus on the non-physical planes of existence, right? So that that's kind of the same same thing in this, in this fucking garbage heap except of presented um, in a in, in like a a, a, a fun ha- like a smashed fun house mirror of an idea that where the reflection you're seeing is coming at you in in a very jarring mishmash of angles that it, it's just impossible to get a grip on anything even though the the main thesis is probably restated every three pages by fucking anyone that opens their mouth yeah and so 
All right, so so that's the basic premise, right? We got Satan tempting people to stay in the physical world to keep them from, you know, heaven, essentially. Uh, but the, the way... So, like Chris said, it is... This idea is stated over and over again. Repetition is actually a problem in this book. Yet, the way that it's repeated is so just unrecognizable to, like, a, an English speaker that it, you just... It's really difficult to wade through. Um, it's like just like this horrible alphabet soup that's been left to rot. Like, I, I don't know. It's really awful. Um, How but, about I read you an excerpt of one of these sections sure. from maybe the, like, the, the, the seven intros at the start of this book? Well, yeah, the, this book has... A, so, in addition to being... Uh, repetitive in terms of just things that happen kind of in the, I guess I won't say plot, but in this book. Here's some, okay, here's some random there sections. Are, yeah, there's like 12 intros. I'm not joking. There's like 12 intros. The breaking of the reality code. An apocalyptic event is ready to happen where the whole world could understand. We shall now enter an odyssey beyond the tables of space and time. Powerful symbolic visions, mental imagery, omens, dreams, strange signs and wonders. A split altered reality, a breakthrough within the human mind to escape demonic apocalypse, which already exists in our minds. Uh, you are ready to be taken upon a journey, unveiling the mystery of the universe and our existence with an evolution, unlocking our minds from following a demonic trance conflicting within every human mind. This is a highly symbolic story full of visual imagery, fascination, and its codifier. A futuristic event is ready to take place. The unveiling, symbolic Adam and Eve, the Genesis Garden, is a futuristic event. It represents the entire human race. We were all there at the fall of man. It was all of us. We all were fascinated and alert into coming into these fleshly human bodies to witness the aftermath of the detonation of the cosmic universe, to enter decay, death, famines, and wars, heat and cold, our souls in flesh. <laughs> yeah, that's... Do you like fucking words, Paris? <laughs> yeah. Because that like... was a lot of them. Like word soups, word soups that have been left in the sun. Um, so I'll, how about <laughs> I'm gonna read? I w I would like to read a passage now, if you will let. Okay, me. sure. Let's just trade stuff. Yeah, because I I feel like listeners, you really you need to sit here and listen to these things to understand how difficult this book was to read. Uh, th so this portion has a a large font heading, which makes me believe it is perhaps a chapter. Not really sure. Sure. You know, things in normal stories. This one is called The Mind Projections. <laughs> okay. What we see of this life at birth from a human fetus, we are already being conditioned to survive in this world. Our human minds already being demonically conditioned into a pretend world atmosphere with this universe. It's all blocking our born suffering as we wade in the waters of evolution with plants and animals in bodies of flesh in biological deterioration for a grave end. This mystic woman exits her back door. In the sky, the evening sun spins wildly. This mystic woman is a beautiful blonde. She's around 36 and a very sharp-looking for her age. She wears modern, light-colored dresses, gowns that blow gently in the wind. Her true identity is yet veiled as to the beginning of the world in Genesis from primate evolution of our souls, which were infused within flesh at the fall of man. Back in Sam's kitchen, Sam <laughs> pushes a button on a small remote control in a two-door cabinet. <coughs> Excuse me. Slides apart, revealing a color TV set. News is on. The announcer is at the site of an anti-abortion rally held in a cemetery. 
There's many picketing protesters, and with a doctor who holds a small coffin containing many aborted fetuses near an open gravesite. Then, by accident, a few tiny fetuses fall from the small coffin, falling to the ground. Oh, I mean, this is this is like a microcosm of this whole Paris. book. There's a question I've been, you know, at the top of this thing that I should have asked right away, and that is, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I, that is kind of the general question of this book, right? What the fuck? I mean, this the person who wrote this, I, I don't... I, it, this is written as though this person has never been outside. Like, they've never been in a bar. Like, I'm going to read you what the bar in this book is like and you're gonna tell me if it's like any fucking bar you've ever been in all right yeah, sure. all, all right, right. <laughs> well, let's go let's go <laughs> uh, after a while sam pulls up to a modern tavern lingo's <laughs> trap it's a strange thundering and lightning night yet now without any rain this is a unique modern amusement center tavern it's two and a half floors <laughs> high with a small upper sky deck with a balcony room and movie theater screen inside. On the back side of this tavern is a tall lookout tower closed in with green tinted glass. Around Lingo's trap are many exotic trees and plants. Embedded within the front glass sliding doors is a lighted sign that reads Lingo's trap. Inside Lingo's trap, music is playing. It's an artistic environment like a museum of modern art with a mixture between biological photos, embryos, green human, <laughs> green human skeletons, and the plant kingdom of trees and plants. People are looking at the artwork many hold drinks. It's a mature college-like crowd. Besides the pictures, there are also many images of different lifelike creatures that are embedded within the walls, halfway in and the other portion projected out, such as Fat King with a crown with devil horns coming out of his head. There's also a military man with a deadly wound to his head, and in his hand he holds an M-16 machine gun. There's also an ancient astronaut suit with a black rat in its head shield. Also in the hallways, (laughs) embedded within the walls, are monitor screens displaying computer-animated images of nature and deep space. There's also a lit blue laser crossing within each of these animations three young women are watching these displays <laughs> these are sam's good friends does and that sound go, like any fucking building you have ever been inside of in your goddamn life holy shit like, so but that's like every place ever uh, and yeah, even what? like normal human being how about sam's job at the insane oh factory? oh oh we gotta read that <laughs> hang on a second while you're looking for that i'm gonna read you another section here from another, I guess, chapter, header, called Chain to Nature. Breaking the deception. Ugh. There is a codex to break within our minds. It is embedded within the entire human race. There is an image. It exists within the human mind. When the mind fields find it, it is found when the person wants out, when the person awakens and is tired of following this make-believe world that we can follow no longer, that we have seen enough of its lies and we have searched beyond this simple existence, that there has to be more, that we have to reject our existence within the universe. That is the only way out. That is the codex to unchain ourselves from the nature of our flesh. That is one sentence. The next sentence, (laughs) within our minds, our mental hemispheres were split between light and darkness. And if we stay within the darkness, we find ourselves following the hypnotic trance from the world of darkness where they control your life and we follow into their blind captivity. If we cross over into the right side of our mental hemispheres, we follow the cross side of light 
to overcome the world of evolution. Yet the rest of the world, you will then see them following the darkness from where you were just in, following the hypnotic trance and nature, for there is nothing here. Holy shit. Um, yeah. Um, do that people was... see what we're dealing with here? Yeah, I'm gonna. You know what? We're gonna. We didn't really tell you any of the main characters, but honestly, characters. It, it's Sam, Sam, and Jennifer, and then all the crazy, fucking weird, like God shit. Like Satan takes many forms. There's God and Jesus, but they're called Deity Man and Prophet Man. As though this <laughs> is like a really shitty Saturday morning cartoon where the there's writers just like didn't just give a like, fuck. There, there's a lot of just and anyone that's not Sam or Jennifer. Or, like, their small circle of friends is just named, like, Blank Man or Blank Woman. <laughs> yeah. There, there's Deity Man, uh, Prophet Man, uh, Elderly Man, Mystic Woman, <laughs> Young Jewish priest. Boy slash Jewish slash Man, uh, the Angel King, Fallen Angel, uh, the Evolbronic Man. Hey, oh, that's the word that I, that's one of the words in this book that I just couldn't figure out. There's this word, evilbronic or evil bron. It's E V O L B R O N I C. That is the way it's spelled throughout the whole book. Even with context, I don't know. Like, I'm assuming he meant evil b- embryo. E- I don't know. Evil something is my guess, but I fucking don't know. I think it's to do with like evolution because oh, most of this oh, book right, right. is like him that. railing against evolution as like this like state of decay that we're all in because we're not in the immortal realm anymore and everything decays slowly and we're with the animals and plants within evolution is how he puts it. Yeah, he really doesn't like evolution, everyone. Like he's all right, all right folks, like you gotta, you gotta understand evolution. Not good. It's part of the physical realm. It's the worst. Um, he puts evolution and like abortion on the same footing. It's real weird. He's just like, yeah, those are both real evil, and you're just like, okay, all right, fine. Because the evolution is bad because it's in the physical I realm know, and yeah. it's compelled by our sexual desires. I. Th- think is the idea here yeah but- yeah that's right that's right yes you're correct evolution is evil because sex just like abortion is evil because sex so sex the evil so so the last book we read was like yeah sex and this one is like no boo on sex boo. sex is the evil demonic hypnotic projection into your mind hemispheres so that you continue to participate within evolution in this flesh world of, of our cosmic universe that was created at the detonation. Am I, I get, I'm getting it right, right? Yeah, I got yeah. Like, also, isn't this just like the Matrix with like one more layer? Like, isn't that what this is? I guess so. It's like the Matrix, but religious. Like, that's how, that's what it feels like. Even though this is set up by, like I said, there's literally seven intros at the start of this book where he says, get ready for a highly symbolic story where you will unveil the unseen world. And then you're like, okay, so let's go. And then, like, another ten pages of, like, okay, now we're getting ready for the unveiling of the evil unseen world. We're getting ready to be ready to be even more ready for the unveiling. You will experience a new kind of story. And I'm kind of like, okay, let, let's go. And then, like, 50 pages later, it's like, okay, let's get ready to experience the story of and Sam and, and Jennifer. Then, and the then, highly symbolic things that are going to happen. And then, yeah, like, like 60 pages into the book, it says Act 1. And you're like, <laughs> fuck! How was none of this the actual book? Ah! Like, I was just like, oh, my God, are you serious? This wasn't already the story? What the fuck? Oh, God. Oh, oh, Jesus. And, like, it also takes a while to kind of get 
to know this main character, Sam, who his name is Samuel Senate, which is just a strange, yeah. it's like an alien coming up with a name for a human. Like if you cornered an alien in disguise <laughs> and you're like, what's your name? And he was like, uh, uh, uh Sam, uh, Senate. Yes. <laughs> Sam Senate. This like, whole book feels like that. I know. This whole so, book feels like oh. you asked an alien to write a story. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, so we're going to, we're going to see how. This author describes the main character, Sam's, uh, place of work. Um, oh, yeah, the so, insane factory. I'm yeah, sorry. We kind of got yeah, off track. Yeah, okay. So, so Sam so... works at the insane factory. No, 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 no. Chris, don't ruin it. I'm going to read this section. Okay. All right. Oh, uh, yeah, it's better that all way. Right. So, the, so another, like we were saying, formatting just got like dragged out to the shed and shot in the head execution style. Like, like things are randomly capitalized, italicized, emboldened. There's huge spaces between sections or paragraphs sometimes for no reason. Font size is all over the place. <laughs> Font size. This is. I think the same person who formatted this formatted uh, "Woman Worship" by Dean Jean Pierre. I feel like. <laughs> No, but they were, like, even drunker for this one yeah. or something. Uh, so, all right. So this section, the first sentence is emboldened, uh, and then it just it just goes. So, Sam drives through the busy city. Then, nearing his place of work, Sam is speaking to himself. What's four or five minutes late? What a stupid job, anyway. Sam's pulling into his place of work. It's a creepy old building with a loading dock and office up front. There's a truck driver near his truck in dock, and standing next to him is Sam's boss, as they both turn, seeing Sam pulling into work, with the boss man looking at his watch. Sam continues to himself. Well, at least tomorrow's Friday. Sam is now out of his car, looking at the driver and his boss. Sam looks to his boss and truck driver. Good morning! No sooner, the company phone begins ringing. Sam approaches the truck driver. The boss begins jogging towards the ringing phone. The letters SOS are printed upon the side of the truck. The gullible driver speaks to Sam. Your boss really loves his job. Sam thinking, who gives a shit? Then answers as he walks away. Yeah, I'll start loading your truck. Moving through the warehouse, it's filled with hundreds of new and used electric chairs. (laughs) Used in executions. Upon the walls and ceilings are huge color photos of different nuclear explosions. <laughs> yeah. On you the know. one side of the warehouse aisle is the old broken electric chairs with broken parts, dust and cobwebs, with some of the other older chairs pitted green with black rats climbing about. On the other side of the warehouse aisle are the new electric chairs in silver shine and red cushioned. Each chair has three nail spikes, a hypodermic needle, and a crown of thorns placed on each seat cushion. Totally normal factory. (laughs) Oh, wait, no. Totally normal job. Oh, it gets gets better. Moving through this warehouse nearing the dock with the truck trailer, which is now filled with new electric chairs. That's just a sentence. I don't know. The driver quickly pulls the truck door down and locks it. On the truck door is the company name. Society Office Supply. (laughs) The, yeah, okay, what? that's the name of this company. Um, this factory seems to make insane electric chairs. And uh, I mean, first of all, where is the demand for electric chairs? Why do they have old ones to refurbish and brand new shiny ones with red cushions? And why do they have needles and a crown of thorns on the seat? So it's like a crown of ass thorns. Who is like, sending I, back used I, electric I chairs? I don't know. Like, there have not even there like isn't there aren't even that many um prisons that 
use electric chairs. I, I don't, I guess I don't know when this was written, but it wasn't that long ago. And we never get a year really for like when this is set. Uh, so I think it's at all times at, at the same time. I, I believe is the I, point I mean, to... they, we only get one clue and it's when towards the very end, Sam is in apartheid South Africa. So I guess this is the <laughs> sure. Yeah. I was but like, the, there's what? like a super experimental fighter jet that goes eight times the speed of sound oh, and has a pilot team. with a helmet that shoots needles into his eyes. Yeah, I, I, so the X-15 is a real thing. I'm sorry, everyone. This sounds like we're just talking about stuff. That's just how this book is. Look, Things it, just it, happen. Equally as disorienting. All of a sudden, like, listen, in five seconds, we're going to be in deep space looking at the sun. <laughs> so, so just be ready. He's not joking. He's not joking. Randomly, I, I, at any point oh. in the book, you can all of a sudden be in deep space looking at, I don't know, blue spheres or something and then we're back to like a week later in sam's bedroom or the bar yeah it just happens and so so part of the reason for this there's a very practical reason right like this is a screenplay so having these seemingly totally disparate scenes described back to back you know makes some sense if you think about it you know like when you watch a movie very few films go exactly in chronological order without breaking, you know, the camera frame or whatever, right? Like, yeah. you know, you see you see different things back to back, but it's just so poorly thought out. And sometimes the scenes vary so drastically and so quickly that I, I don't understand, like, what the point is to have all those scenes together back to back. It's very strange. Um, the Aurora Borealis features prominently. <laughs> yeah, um, at this time of year. In uh, this part of the country. Not localized in your kitchen, though. <laughs> no, local, localized entirely in Sam's mind. Um, yeah. So, the, so anyway, so like we, we talked about how the whole concept is, you know, Satan imprisoning people in the physical realm by tempting them with earthly delights or whatever. Um, the author writes that um, we breathe nitrogen and it keeps us you know, sedated. And I was like, nah, dude, if we, if we were breathing nitrogen, we'd be dead in like three seconds. Yep. <laughs> oxygen, like oxygen, you know, the, the air that we breathe has some nitrogen in it, but like breathing pure nitrogen gas is deadly. So that was weird. Um, but the whole, this whole book is about how Sam is trying to break on through to the other side, right? He's trying to get on through to heaven. Um, he, he like all of a sudden just starts seeing the I don't know if it's the real world where all the demons are messing with people all the time. It's right, like a weird right. dream world that he can suddenly trip into at any moment where there's always like demons bothering people or like doing weird shit with them. And there's like weird surreal imagery around him all the time. And then he'll flip back into the fake real world. And, like, spout a bunch of random shit about his mental hemispheres and the unseen demon world. Right, and so... And us living in evolution. Yeah, yeah. And so so he's having these vis- these intense visions. And that's another reason that the book is so disjointed and difficult to follow is because you have, you know, kind of regular human Earth stuff. And then you have, like, oh, shit, fucking ayahuasca visions, right? And that's, like, the whole book. So, um... Because he's having these visions, you know, like Chris was saying, he starts spouting this, like, crazy stuff about, oh, the other side, and the evil demons are, like, forcing us to think about, you know, they're forcing this reality on us. Like, this isn't real. This is all Satan, right? So he ends up seeing a psychiatrist because people just think, like, oh, man, Sam's really losing it. 
Um, they don't care that much though. Like they send him to see a psychiatrist, but most people aren't like reacting in a way that they should with someone that's hollering as it's put in the text about all this stuff in like a crowded bar or whatever. They're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. just needs to see, see some psychiatrists. Oh yeah. Bit. The dialogue is total trash. I mean this, like I said, I really think that this book suffers from like English as a second language syndrome. Like I, I feel kind of terrible saying that because I, because I, I don't know. Like I have, I, we know nothing about this author. I have no idea what this dude's deal is, but he clearly really wants to write these screenplays and turn them in, and get someone to turn them into movies. Um, it just seems like, like the way it's written, it's just, it's not edited. There's so many spelling and grammar mistakes. I mean, syntax is just like, just the English language is just, just abused, Here, just hit with a, beaten with a club the whole time. Here's some of my favorite sentences and examples of this. How about the evil Bronick man comes out and hampers with Sam? Also, who nerves visit this place of origin? Or strange sounds, vowel out. And then res et sacro ruentum in the koinonia. <laughs> well, koinonia is a Greek word, but... <laughs> it sounds like a place that you got kicked or something. Yeah, oi in the koinonia. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't... It does, it does. It is weird because he just says it out of context and like, like if you're not... <clears throat> If you're not really religious, then you wouldn't know. I mean, like, Chris went to Catholic school for, what, like, half your life? And even you didn't know what that word was. So, you yep. know. Um, anyway, so when Sam goes to see a psychiatrist and, <clears throat> like, some weird stuff happens. So, his psychiatrist is Dr. Lenny. And for some reason... Uh, doctor, this is, this is how the visit with the psychiatrist is first described. Within a psychiatrist's office, Sam sits on a couch in this office, which is lit with sunshine coming in through the window. In a corner is a real stuffed ape with handcuffs on its wrist. Yep. On sure. a desk, on a desk is the nameplate, Dr. Lenny. Next to that is the date, July 16. Dr. Lenny is a 50-year-old evil psychiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> Sam... Just lie it out. Just put it right out there. Sam lies upon the couch as Dr. Lenny pulls up a chair and sits speaking with Sam. So, you're laid off from work again? Sam is really downed out. Well, I'm laid off permanently, but I needed this break anyway. Dr. Lenny speaking professionally. Sam, you told me. You're an atheist, and now you're telling me you've been seeing strange visions? Sam closes his eyes. I have seen the sun twisting up and other things happening, Dr. Lenny interrupts. And you hear voices calling? Sam slowly answers. Yes, whispering voices. Dr. Lenny raises his brows. You told me you don't take drugs, and you don't believe in a higher realm of creation? What's happening, Sam? Have you entered another reality? Only drugs can produce such delusional visions! Sam opens his eyes and interrupts, touchy. I don't need drugs, and I don't bow to plastic or porcelain idols, but how do we come to exist in these animal bodies and yet pray to an eternal god that created us like this? Upon some sort of comet, planet in space? Dr. Lenny replies, Sam, this is the concrete world. There is no other reality. Sam is now unsettled. No one knows what's taking place. Everyone is under this demonic influence. All of our minds have been captured by this powerful dark presence that we have been following all of our lives. Their darkness comes in and out in our minds, and we don't even detect it. Dr. Lenny, now hampering. Sam, you're unstable with the real world, and so you made a self-centered play world. But reality won't give in to your self-ego. There are no strange visions. You only had a psychological flash. It's like having a realistic dream. Just relax with this vision of the world and follow this reality. Sam gets up in anguish to leave the room. 
This whole world is a false reality of the devil's playground. As Sam exits, Dr. Lenny fixes a labeled hypodermic needle. Society office supply. (laughs) Yeah, totally normal psychiatrist visit where nothing is prescribed and the guy just says, Ed, just focus on reality, you idiot. And and then, like, starts messing with a needle and also an office supply company that makes electric chairs also makes needles? I... Oh, uh, spoiler alert, Paris, Jesus. they also make nuclear fucking bombs. Oh, yeah, so. yeah that's right. Yeah, that's right. The, the office supply company also makes nuclear bombs. You know, because, I mean, if you didn't guess by the fact they covered their ceilings and walls with full color images of nuclear explosions. It's just randomly thrown in later in the book. It's like it's talking about a nuclear silo with the nuke that has society office supply written on the side. I think does Raytheon fucking label their bombs or whatever? I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know. In, in this scene, there's apparently a man with a stethoscope leaning up against the nuke and listening to it as if oh yeah like yeah. a heartbeat yeah yeah they, they they really what? want to make sure they want to make sure those nuclear weapons are in the best of health right because they want to make sure they they explode real good so they have their nuclear weapon uh doctor and he goes and he like gives it a little pet and he checks its heartbeat <laughs> you know i mean like there was literally a scene where some dude with a stethoscope was checking the fucking nuclear weapon like it was like yes, a baby that's like it was not fucking... a joke that Ugh. how yeah. about other weird shit that randomly happens in this book like a skinny man on an ostrich rolling up to you <laughs> and just being like what's up we're in the demon world and like leaving after that <laughs> yep. Until Just, he's and he's never mentioned again no, has, until like the very yes, end of the book. Yes, he returns the triumphant return of Ostrich Rider, and it's just like and the ostrich man continued to ride in the desert. Meanwhile, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so total non sequitur. Like Ostrich Man appears, and then like two hundred pages later, Ostrich Man returns once more. <laughs> But then he's not interacting with anyone. It literally just, like, shoots over to wherever that guy is just to be like, yeah, he's still there. And then, like, we <laughs> yep. leave immediately. Oh, one of my favorite things is how he differentiates. He, for some reason, feels the need to differentiate between morning sunrise and, what, evening sunrise? Like, I don't I mean, know. He's like, it's yeah. morning sunrise. Like, what the fuck? I, ugh. I mean, there's just there's just so many random things that we could talk about. Um, how about how about oh, can we talk about the the boob, the appearance of the boob? Sure, because that's like the one centering thing in all of this that I can like kind of <laughs> relate to is like oh yeah, boob. I, but it, there's like a science team studying the sun, I guess, and the, the science team is made up of scientist J. Black scientist and woman scientist. <laughs> that's not me making up names. That's what is written in the book. Yep. Yeah. And they're they're sending the X-15 pilot guy up into, like, the... Oh, it's very specific. He's on the very edge of space. He's right in between light well, and dark. That's, well, that's it's, what the X-15... The X-15 was, like, uh, an experimental aircraft that did successfully, technically, get high enough to be considered space. So, like, that's actually real. Which but is, he, he hyper-focuses on that. He element. does. He's like, yo, for... he's so in between the termination zone of light and dark. But guys, he's right. He's soaring right on the termination line. He is right soaring in the termination. Yeah, I'm he, not he joking. Says, That's how it's put. Says it so many times. And, and I also don't understand why this is even important. Like, he... He writes about this, this uh, X-15 pilot a bunch of times throughout the book. And it seems like the only purpose is so that the X-15 could, like, take pictures of the sun or something? The, the science team is looking at a bunch of monitors where the sun's doing weird shit, 
and they all freak out and also they like immediately comprehend that this has to do with like demons from another reality yeah yeah just, immediately. just immediately on the same everyone that's like is that gets a hint of anything weird is immediately on the same page about this is an unseen metaphysical mental hemisphere mental force imagery all that shit anyway it's while this is happening they, they're seeing the weird shit i guess and the woman scientist tit falls out because there's an earthquake i guess yeah right yeah yep so powerful it knocks her tit out but nothing else in the room <laughs> suffers just just the boob just a very <laughs> boob specific earthquake it's it's the free it was it was the earth was quaking at the frequency of breast and it just yeah. like <laughs> at specific frequency anyway um, like the science team like they all freak out about this but then like 30 pages later they're back again sending the x-15 up there as if nothing weird happened before yeah. which happens so many other times in this book i don't know if the, it, it's described so many scenes of people seeing like oh weird alien spheres and like flashes in the sky coming out and they're all running and screaming and beating their fists on buildings and the dirt and then it's a week later and everything is normal yeah like the world ends like four times in this book but then it, it just keeps resetting but not intentionally and there there were whole passages in this book that were just copied word for word from earlier passages in the book. So I, I almost feel like this was somebody who just wrote this whole thing and just never looked back again and published it. I mean, we've read other things that were like that, you know, where it seems like, yeah, people just had a stream of consciousness brainstorming session and then, were, and then they were like, oh, this is fine. Yeah. Oh, oh, did we forget? Did we forget that Roger Stone makes an appearance pretty soon? Oh, in the yeah. Book? That's the one of the blank mans that I left out because at some point during this, like, a shared vision quest between Sam and the X 15 pilot, who I guess is tripping out too for some reason, and also just some Jewish dude is yep. there. Just literally some Jewish dude. They're all having a shared trip where they're all understanding about whatever demon mental hemispheres in our flesh and evolution. And then coming down the street is Nixon man. That's <laughs> which, his name. Which is amazing because I think the day that we read that was the day Roger Stone got arrested or like the yes, day after. It, it, it was the day of. It was uh, yeah, the day yeah. Of. So it was pretty, it was just hilarious. I... Just another, like the, the surreal nature of everything blurring together is making me more and more convinced that something's weird with reality. Maybe this guy's right. Oh, we didn't tell them about the monks and their very, oh, yeah. very super high tech, very <laughs> high tech, uh, very ultra we... high definition machine. How, you... Paris? How can we forget the mood Mig? <laughs> okay, so, well, Mig stands for what? Like mental imaging graphics? generator, generator, Me mental imagery generator. Which is uh, if you're in the reality of the demonic mental imagery in our hemispheres or whatever, then why do you have a mental imagery generator? And why do you need it? What are they doing with it? I don't know. I what are they doing? Okay, there's so a couple monks on an island at the Monastery of the Apocalypse. On which, is a real, which is a real thing. Patmos Island, the Monastery of the Apocalypse, real things. It's an island in Greece, and it was the monastery where somebody had some revelations about uh, the... Is revelations? Yeah, revelations is yeah. the book of the Bible, right? It's the last yes, book? Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. So that's at that monastery. That's where whoever that was, I think it was John, maybe John. Does that sound right? I don't know. It, you're it, the it, you're it, the one who knows this shit. Um. So so like this is a real play. I mean, when I first read that, I laughed super hard, and then I was like, oh wait, no, that's real. Um. But anyway, two monks set up this like weird 
computer in the basement that they can plug their brains into and they communicate through it and see a bunch of trippy shit but like like you just said like why i it, it doesn't explain why this is happening they're just sitting in these chairs doing the same rants that every other character that opens their mouth about uh, about mental hemispheres and the demonic hypnotic imagery and the detonation of the big bang all that they just yak about that and apparently it like sends their mental images from their brains to each other but if you're just fucking talking what's the point and like i don't yeah, get, i don't get it that there's they don't have any effect on the story one of them just dies at the end <laughs> yeah, just about dies it. Randomly. yeah like not it's weird and then there's a there's the other, there's the young priest who is unnamed, who is just always reading the Dead Sea Scrolls, which is a strange choice because didn't we recently discover that a lot of, if not all of the Dead Sea Scrolls are forgeries? Like, I feel like that was a very, it was a recent um, Maybe discovery. Maybe, I'm not 100%, I don't know, but, but the, this young priest is basically teleporting into every scene to read a, a line, what I'm assuming yeah. is supposed to be a relevant passage from the dead sea scrolls or something but yeah. it's very rarely relevant let me tell, as yeah. anything in this book i don't so oh, you know what it's equal footing <laughs> and throw all of this uh we're just gonna throw more elements i mean just we're just gonna keep these coming like you're just gonna have to take it uh this is another thing that happens constantly throughout the book is the uh fucking god's human battery they call it the uh <laughs> eternal life cell and apparently the eternal life cell is the key, like, everyone has it in their minds, but, you know, like, Satan's keeping it on lock, like, you can't, you can't see it, but it's there, and, like, once you can break through and see it, although they never explain how you fucking break through to see it, you know, that's, like, that's your key to get to the, to get to heaven, eternity, or whatever. You know what, fucking, this, and it's this stupid symbol, and all it is is, like, all right, have you ever opened up a TV remote and looked inside the battery compartment, and there's, like, a minus and a plus for, you know, where you're supposed to put the, yeah. the positive and, yeah. um, yeah, that's what this fucking symbol is. It's just the inside of a goddamn battery compartment. <laughs> like, I, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's more like, the, like, uh. A trident on a black field, and there's a cross on, like, a plus no, sign on the right a, side. it's a fucking battery compartment symbol, it Chris. Is. It is. It, it literally true. is. And, and, the sim <laughs> and so the symbol is in the book, like, there's these little images of it, but then it's also described constantly. Like It's everywhere. It, oh, it's Because that's the approach to Jesus. symbology in this book, is to just keep dropping the same shit everywhere and that'll be like some deep shit this eternal life cell symbol appears everywhere all the time there's structures that look like it all the time made out of blue lasers by the uh, way Paris, <laughs> did you know that there's a blue infinity laser just like crisscrossing the entire universe at all times and all good things have a blue laser coming out of them yes like the eyes of the mystic woman oh, or the, the woman. staff of real eyes that oh. the deity man holds or, like, it'll just shoot across the earth some points to, like, zap one of the monks from that monastery in the head? Yeah, for yeah. For some reason? Yeah, watch out for those fucking blue lasers, guys. They're everywhere. They're just everywhere Even all the time. Even though it's constantly bisecting the entire universe at all times, it can also fucking mind assassinate a specific monk randomly. I do. I uh, yeah. Uh, what other yeah. symbols do we have in this book? How about white oh, roses? Oh, the white roses. That just that are the what symbol. What do they mean? So, so the mystic woman 
is Eve reborn and her symbol is the white rose and white roses. It's like the symbol for purity and Eden and like a time before corruption. Also, right? also this like all ancient Eve reincarnation lives across the fucking street from Sam. Yeah, conveniently. And comes oh, outside and, at five thirty every day. Yeah, and and so he's really obsessed with five thirty, five and a half, fifty five hundred, and I apparently he thinks that like that's when like Earth was created, and I was like, that's such a strange. I don't know. Uh, and the author, like in the book, it, it's also it also says that like five and a half hours is like the amount of time that it took. Uh, Adam and Eve to like succumb to corruption so that's why it's like the special number and I was like I don't remember reading that anywhere but if any of you listening to this are biblical scholars or or just happen to know a lot I know about why five and a half that, is important why because it's the average penis size for a male oh wow wow you might be right I bet I'm right though oh god I so like he was like oh 5500 like when everything started and I was like dude in 5500, we had, like, agriculture starting in the Nile Valley and, like, cheese was being made in Poland. Like, the first evidence of cheese making was 5500. And, I mean, of course, a lot of, um, I mean, not all. You know, there, there are plenty of religious people who, you know, believe in uh, radiocarbon dating and, like, you know, all, all those other uh scientific and archaeological tools that tell us you know how old things are in the earth and you know how how long humanity has been on the earth and things like that that being said there are also plenty of people who don't believe that and who think the earth is you know four thousand years old or in this case i guess 5500 years old or, or what have you um so i i'm not really sure where this, <laughs> this guy falls uh but it seems like it's well i guess i guess i am sure right because he said 5500 years ago I, I don't fucking know um yeah i don't I don't know anything after this book, Paris. I don't think I know anything anymore. <laughs> how about I love? Yeah, one of the things I love is how he names some characters and doesn't name others. Like those two monks get proper names, but then a bunch of other people don't. Um, the weird cops at the end get names. I at one point they're at a fucking conference where people seem to just be talking about. The whole demonic imagery thing, which is supposed to be a big secret, but I guess if you're holding a fucking conference that Sam and Jennifer are going to, to listen to people lecture about it, it's not that big of a secret. Maybe it was from the alien spheres and blue lights in the sky you saw yesterday, but I guess everyone just fucking forgot about this morning. Anyway, there's a guy there that gets a name. His name is Jack Spelton, and then he's never there again. So yep. why? Yep. Oh, and Sergeant Argon. Argon. I, I, uh, I don't know. Um... What it, He's oh a cop. yeah, you you made a good note about how everything has a has a terrible soundtrack. Oh yeah, so because I guess because this is a screenplay, it'll frequently make references to what kind of music is supposed to be playing. I guess, and here's some. I mean, there's genres of music that are described here, like wild music or strange music or demonic music or enhanced music or synthesized music, which happens whenever the blue laser is anywhere. Oh, yes. Blue laser is synthesizer. Uh, and, or like any combination thereof of all these things. Sometimes classical music, sometimes Latin chants when, I don't know, Satan in his weird fabric white changing face is, is on screen. I don't... I don't know. Yeah, Satan, Satan has a lot of forms in this book, and they're all pretty confusing. I mean, so at first, in the first half of the book, whenever Satan appears, he's sometimes the evil, evil, bronic man, 
So he has this very human monkish form in like a robe or something. Then he has this other form, which is like, I don't know, a dude with a constantly changing face. And then later in the book, he becomes the angel king, then the child king, then the fat man, the military man, and and uh, the businessman. And there are some scenes where he just constantly shifts between like three or four of those. And I guess, I guess that, I don't know, might be cool, like in a movie, but... Also, why? Like, there's no re, you know, like, I don't, there's no purpose to show that, right? So, like, why, why, why bother? There's no purpose when all of a sudden we, like, cut to deep fucking space and, like, there's a small explosion on the moon. That's a sentence in the book that happens <laughs> and there's no reason for it. It was just like, oh, in deep space, there's a small explosion on the moon. Meanwhile, back at Sam's apartment, he's jerking off. I don't, like, what? No, I mean, I think, like, <laughs> Like I said earlier, I think part of the issue is that, you know, this is a screenplay, so you are going to have to describe, you know, when you want these cuts to happen, because sometimes when you're watching a movie, that that happens, right? Like, you know, you're watching a regular scene, and then, you know, you see, like, a quick flash of something else, but it doesn't make any sense. I mean, you're right. Like, why is there an explosion on the moon? That has nothing to fucking do with anything. It never comes Um, back for anything. Some lunar stuff is mentioned sometimes, but not in a way that you can connect it to anything else it's just like the word lunar is dropped into the word salad yeah i mean like the scene shifts are just incredible like i yeah you you're if you want to read your note go right ahead about that because it's pretty on point like this okay look man the scene shifts happen so jar it's like like so it's really hard to grasp all the time like and this is like we're talking these happen like in two sentence increments so like like we're in a bar now we're in deep space. Now it's months later in the demon conference room with the galaxy table or like yep. the table that yep. represents the entire universe with six demons that dip their fingers into it to look for humans. They're probably on fucking Earth, idiots. Now Sam is waking up or into a dream and he has long hair. Now he doesn't and there's a young priest teleporting in randomly and reading Bible scriptures. Oops, now we're at the beginning of fucking time with Adam and Eve in the Genesis garden. Yep. Now there's a million, there's like the cave to hell on a random island. <laughs> Or the White Palace, or the Waters of Chaos, or the Mental Garden of Sadness. <laughs> yeah, just... And I, I don't know what any of these are supposed to look like. No, the only like, thing that's... He tries to describe them, but mostly he's just like, oh, this one has fucking pillars and some curtains. And you're like, great, so did the last place. Like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, I, I don't understand. The only thing that stuck with me was the universe conference room table for like the evil board members or something yeah that don't really do anything except one's a sexy lady who tells sam to try to fuck her at some point well that's just a satan i mean that's oh yeah i guess know. so i but at one point she's called a whore because her legs are slightly parted a little bit and she tells sam to fornicate with hell which is a fr- turn of phrase for sure <laughs> sounds pretty good yeah there were actually a couple of phrases in this where i think we both made notes that were like oh sick metal like song name <laughs> yeah there was one was that like the one death bath deterioration of darkness where, like, satan, there's a, at one point satan is like join me my rituals children under the omen star and i was like that's actually pretty kind of yeah pretty cool but oh so so, like, there's this... So, this is just like a good example of, like, one of the crazy shifts in in both space and time that make no sense. Like, uh, there, Sam and the police are in the mystic woman's house who is Eve, right? And she lives across the street from Sam. Are you fucking following me? All right. No, too fucking bad. Um, so, they're in there, and 
you know, because the mystic woman has been missing for a month, and Sam reports I don't know, it, maybe a year or two based no, no, on no, how it time works. It was a month, and Sam reports to the police, and the police were like, hey man, like, you probably should have told us, like, a long time ago if she's been missing for a month. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which I thought was funny, because yeah, that's true, it's fucking ridiculous. So, they're like in her house, and uh, while they're in her house, they start having all these crazy visions and like water starts pooling on the floor. There's like a foot and a half of water and there's like vines and all this blue light and like she appears and they see all these like demons and heavenly shit and like the young priest appears and then even though they all, even though Sam and the two police officers see all this shit and experience all the same stuff, the police officers just decide that they're going to be like, oh, this guy Sam's nuts. Let's lock him up in a mental hospital. And, like, that's what happens. Um, and then and then that's where, like, right at the end of that section is where is where the line, there is a small explosion upon the moon in the darkness of space happens. And then there's, like, there's, like, a gap of, like, nine lines and then a large title that says, The Future. And, and it just, and, and this is what it says. All things seem to have calmed. After a while, Sam and his friends are at a carnival circus where a big circus clown walks about on this nice, peaceful day. Just, like, immediately it's just fucking nonsense. Uh, yeah, I just... Fuck, I... What? There was, like, a mind-bending <gasps> fucking uh, trip happening a, a few pages ago, and now we're at the fucking carnival, uh, like, a week later well, or something, no, like, it was nothing like, happened. Well, there was the mind-bending crazy shit. Sam got thrown into, um, you know, like, a mental hospital. Yeah, and then all of a sudden we're at the circus and everything's fine? Like, I, I don't... <sighs> By the way, the circus is evil. Of course. I mean, all circuses talking... are evil, Chris. Have you ever gone to a circus? Pure evil. <laughs> I No, I'm, like, half serious about that. Like, I've only ever been comfortable at those, uh... Cirque du Soleil circuses, like, those are fine. But, like, any of the ones that just kind of, like, roll into your town with all those greasy dudes and the dangerous rides <laughs> and the fucking clown that definitely has a criminal record, like, I'm all set. Fucking circuses are evil. It's why everyone likes to write it's, horror it's stories the, about it's them. It's the mental demons forcing your projected mental imagery into your mental hemispheres. You need to cross over into the cross side of your right brain and see the blue infinity laser to unlock the door to the internal life cell so that you can live outside of evolution of flesh with the animals and plants. Paris. See, you simple know, as that. That sounds simple. insane, but Just that was actually, that. that was a very succinct description of the book. Um, you know, you know, but you know what kills me is we never find out. How do we, how do we see the eternal life cell? Like, at some Do point, we just see it because someone like, tells us about through it? a flesh veil into eternity? Oh, oh, that's because they go into the basement of the Mystic Woman's house and through the Museum of Abortions, which oh, leads yeah. to eternity? Right. I fucking Christ. There's a giant fish tank full of like a million dead fetuses, which might be in like the dream world. I'm I'm hoping or something. No, I, I think she just has this in her basement. <laughs> <laughs> The abortion museum. It, millions of uh, millions is the word. Miles used. long. Miles long. It's I guess it's no better than the doctor spiking fetuses into a coffin <laughs> earlier. <laughs> I mean, when I first read that passage, I cried and I took a video of it and sent it to Chris. <laughs> we might have to share that with the audience yeah, because we, like we might. I, Paris, uh, I mean I 
this is the worst one, right? This is the worst one we've ever read. Yeah, like, as much as I hated Wild Animus, like, that guy at least could write sentences, and I think his writing had some shining moments, and, you know, and then we read his, uh, his other book there, the fucking... Too Far. (laughs) Too Far, and that was even, like, that might have even been an okay book, you know? Um... This is... This is just... I mean, it's unreadable. No, no person is going to pick up this book and be like, oh, yeah, great, which which is going to lead us to our next point. But I'm just going to make sure that uh, we don't have any other notes about the. I mean, I'm sure we do. Um, Look, man, there's so much insane shit in this book that like (laughs) we can't cover this randomly, like starving African children will appear (laughs) non sequiturly to just like roll around and look about whatever surreal imagery is taking place. And then nothing happens after that. Yeah, like nothing follows like every like you're saying everything is non sequitur. No, 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 does not follow. Like how about the time where there's an old man shouting at the heavens we shall have sex without judgment, and then he falls over dead. Oh, Old man yells at Cloud for sex and dies immediately. That's yeah. it. And that's, again, it has no bearing on anything else. Nope. Oh, how about the lamb that escaped from Yarnum? Did you did you catch that one? Yeah. The, 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 okay, so there. The so lamb the, the, covered in a million eyes. What is the thing with eyes? The deity man has a staff of quote real eyes. He loves to he loves to constantly emphasize that the staff that God has whenever he appears has is made entirely of real eyes. I again, are we in Bloodborne? Are we inside Bloodborne? We might be. We might be. It, I don't it know. Kind of sounds like it. Um, I'm thinking of like there's like other random symbols we didn't cover, like giant crosses everywhere at all times. Oh and yeah, the entire world is being crucified slash the entire human race slash like whole buildings or something. Dude, everyone is also really bad at the way that they kill people. Like Doctor Lenny, the evil psychiatrist, um, injects Sam with something in his temple. Yeah, and then, you know and then, where uh, the veins are. The elderly man character uh like cuts a lamb but then sacrifices it by setting it on fire like why <laughs> like just just slit its throat why just you gotta cut it a little just bit and what? then set it on fire jesus like i don't know it's just a how lot about of that. paris I... <laughs> how about satan's astronaut suit <laughs> i forgot that about he that. has and wears <laughs> Sometimes, why whether he's in space or not. Why? And also, why would why would Satan need an astronaut suit? He's an immortal being. He doesn't even have a physical form if he doesn't want to. Why does he need an astronaut suit? I. He's just in it sometimes. Oh, oh I immediately started crying when I read that because it just and it just it just happens like this shit takes you by fucking surprise. Like you don't know it's gonna happen. You don't know. At a depressing bar, Sam's standing at the bar with a beer on a spring day, staring in deep thought. Sam's wearing old, dirty clothes. His face is a little dirty. A couple old guys are shooting bull. The bartender is washing bar glasses. That's the, then he's in his bathroom. Again, he has the head scares. By the way, what are head scares? Were they supposed um, to be scars? Yeah, I don't know. For some reason, Sam has these like red scars on his head that he develops during the book and they keep coming up and they're often misspelled as scares. So it's just talking about how his head is full of scares all the time. And I guess, yeah, that's kind of accurate. 
yeah, it's... Look, I'm trying to, like, really remember any other weird imagery. We covered Ostrich Man. We covered Satan's spacesuit. We covered the blue infinity laser. We covered the Mystic Woman's weird thing. There's a lot of, like, giving birth scenes where I don't even yeah, know if there's, yeah. like, a child of any significance that comes out. It's just supposed to be, like, some weird shit that's happening. No, it's like, the, you know, the child The child is Jesus being reborn. Like, that's, that's the second coming thing. Um... Oh, we forgot the men in black. Dude, the men in black. The men in black are here. They're here yeah, to save here us. Come the men in black, black. to do nothing. Hey, except you, show- hey, remember when they're just like cleaning gravestones in the cemetery for no reason? They they also show up in like the, the weird other world to just like, I don't know, fuck with you a little bit. And not like really that bad. They'll just kind of stand in the way those or like something. Pin- those like pinch you a little bit. Like They, they have guns that turn into lit candles and back again a bunch because... Oh, oh because- yeah. There, there's this point where Sam is holding an M16 and it keeps turning into a lit candle and back again. And the author is like, he's having a real hard time with this. And it's like, yeah, no shit. Like, <laughs> we have like a gun that's constantly transforming into a lit candle and then back into a gun. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's having a hard time with that. Jesus. There's businessmen in spheres weighing gold and bread against each other all the time in the sky, and people see them and scream, but then they don't, and it's fine. I mean, like, like I understand all the basic-ass metaphor. Like, he's like, oh, they're weighing gold against bread in business suits. Like, yeah, I get it. Okay, they're, you know... They're fucking putting a price on on food, which is shitty, you know, fine. But then there's other things, like the whole apartheid scene, where all of a sudden, out of nowhere towards the end of the book, there's just a passage that says, In South Africa on a hot summer day, Sam, who is now within a straitjacket, is in the midst of many oppressed African people. Near a street corner with torn up homes, the African people watch. While in the streets, they see the white supremacy police officers beating Sam with long nightsticks as he rolls in the dusty street. What? And then it's like, just like over. earlier. Like, most of this book takes place in Chicago, which is where Sam and his <laughs> girlfriend Jennifer live. And then all of a sudden, there's this part about South Africa during the apartheid? Like, I. I don't, I don't understand. I don't know. There, there's nothing to grab hold on, uh, hold on to in this book. Paris. Oh, there, there is this weird emphasis on whenever. Okay, so except for, except for the one true boob that happens. Yes. Um, there is this weird. The author has a strange emphasis that whenever any character is written as being naked in the book, which happens a few times, like Satan is naked a few times, like Sam is naked a few times, and some other characters, he always makes a very specific note that says they have no sexual organs, no private parts, no urinary or digestive systems. Because that's pure and immortal, I guess. But like you wouldn't be able to see that they wouldn't have digestive systems. That's internal. Like, I mean, unless like, obviously, you know, if they had no, no genitals, no, no way to urinate, of course they would, you know, I'm sure their genital area would just be like rounded like a Ken doll or something. But like, (laughs) But That's like the making, purest form of being. Paris. Yeah, yeah, the Kendall. But like making a note that they have no digestive systems makes no sense because it's not something you can see. I mean, unless you're gonna like, unless you're gonna like make them like see through in the abdomen. Well, with the way like, that I, everyone uh, immediately comprehends what's going on in this book, is like maybe th- that's another thing Sam just instantly knows <laughs> because he does. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I. I I, I think we've covered a whole lot. We covered the mood, Mig. Oh, that's we right. We covered um, Satan being no, no, no. everything no, evil no, at the same you know time. What, Chris? You we know covered what? Nixon Man. 
I'm really looking for other weird shit in here that we haven't covered, man. Oh, I, like, I got you. There's... I got you. Okay. Hey, you know what? You know how there's like fucking demons torturing us and shit all the time and like sure. keeping us in this horrible earth prison? You know what? Guess what? That's not enough. There's also fucking aliens. There's also yeah. aliens right at the end of the book. Like one of the last paragraphs is like, by the way, there's aliens and they torture humans too. And you're just like, God damn it. Why? <laughs> I Yeah. Paris, uh, I at this point we might just be doing what the book is doing, just restating the same thing over and over. No, 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 and no, over no, again. no. You're forgetting. You're forgetting the very end where. The, so the very end of the book is where I started to be concerned that this was moving from fiction to nonfiction because the author all of a sudden at the very end starts talking about the god particle the hadron collider and gravity and how and, the and mystery of gravity and yes. uh quantum physics and it, it it very much sounds like he believes all of these things so he thinks that the hadron collider is actually how we're getting to the other side to like the heaven eternity reality He's like, yeah, that's totally how we do it. We go through the Hadron Collider. And I'm like, what? Like, wh-? he, he read an article about quantum mechanics and he saw the word the God particle. And that just like was enough for him to go off of is what I'm assuming happened here. Because there's a lot of points in here where he's like, science doesn't understand how sex or DNA works. What even is it? Or something yeah. like that. Where he- and then he there's this really small paragraph where he says, "How does reality work?" Well, it's because of quarks and quantum real quantum reality. And I'm like, "Dude, I don't think you know anything about that." I mean, I certainly do not know enough about quantum physics or quarks. I mean, qu- all I know is that quarks are what subatomic particles that have like, uh, yeah. What's what's but what's the difference between a quark? And, I forget. Anyway, they're a subatomic particle. That's all I know. But. At the end, he just starts talking about this as though it's fact, and he thinks that gravity isn't real? Uh, He puts it as the mystery of gravity. (laughs) Yeah, the mystery of gravity. Yeah, I I really think that he really believes all this stuff, and it's not actually nonfiction, because He 1,000% believes all this stuff, or this is, like, the most impressive interpretation of how someone that believes this would write if this is a like a a a a person that wrote in this style to try to like ape that feeling of disorientation sure it's a masterwork Uh, i don't think that's what happened here (laughs) no i i think this is this is something far far sadder especially when after all the quantum mechanics stuff he's like by the way tune in for my next book (laughs) the law bots (laughs) oh god the law bots Oh, yeah. So, um, so he directs you to his website that I mentioned earlier. If you didn't catch that, um, I think actually, is it, I think he has another one. Um, sunnyfilms.world, I think. See if that's the, right. <coughs> Sorry, I'm very, and it's coffee today. just as poorly formatted. Yeah, um, okay. Oh, it's the same one. Yeah. So, oh, Oh, yeah. So if you go to sunnyfilms.world, it's going to take you to the same site I told you earlier, the sites.google.com slash site slash sunny production films. Um, there, if you go there, I, ha- okay, so if you're not going there right now, you need to just like 
put this in your web browser and your phone and just save it for later. If you're at your desktop, put it in there and look at it. Like you will see the uh, battery compartment drawing, which is apparently the eternal life battery or whatever. Uh, all these, this like shitty, real shitty, like blurry, I don't know, universe image with text over it. Um, and the website is really poorly made. And then as you continue downward, you see that he has entered this screenplay, this fucking thing that we read into this Lovecraftian nightmare yeah, this, this of a work of art. Fucking living nightmare. He entered this into the Francis Ford Coppola screenwriters contest. Uh, and I mean, like Coppola, I don't think Coppola like actually reads any of it. I think it's just one of the things that he sponsors. Like if Francis Ford Coppola read this fucking thing, (laughs) I don't think he would read it. Um, but there were, you know, of course, like I said, it's Coppola's thing that has his name on it, but he's not the one that like reads all the, all the screenplays that get submitted. There are other people that read them. And, a couple of people wrote very positive reviews of this screenplay. Let's get a second opinion, and shall we? I, I, yeah. So, and of course, the author, uh, Mr. Cezanne, has them on his website. Hmm. Uh, review number one. Wow, this is the most original screenplay I've ever read on Zoetrope thus far. That's the website that hosts this contest. It is very visual and it flows perfectly. I get a great sense of surroundings and it almost reminds me of a philosophical movie like Waking Life combined with 2001 A Space Odyssey. I so badly want to see this produced that I almost wonder if there is anyone out there who would be willing to spend such a huge budget. It has huge budget written all over it. It combines just the right elements of drama and intrigue. I often think about souls and death a lot myself, so it was nice to see a work from someone like that. I can tell that you put a lot of thought and effort into your screenplay. It definitely shines through. I can also tell that you have been writing for quite some time, if not your whole (laughs) life. It is very rare that you find such a screenplay that is so incredibly visual and complex at the same time. Keep on writing, and I would love to see what you come up with in the near future. As an aspiring screenwriter, this definitely adds some elements for me to think about in my writing. Your transitions are great, your characters vibrant, and your plot original. Review by Shannon Elizabeth Barry. Shannon, you're a fucking liar. Shannon, stop yeah, fucking I, lying. I think that, so, all right, Miss Barry, Shannon Elizabeth Barry, if you are out there, if anyone knows who this is, I would love to know if this was a real review or if you were just being a dick and writing, uh, you know, like a, a satirical review. It, because it has it to sarcastically, be. it's pretty. <laughs> I, like, because I, I can't imagine that someone would read this and, and have these specific things to say about it. I mean, another thing that kills me is Waking Life, one of the movies they reference in this review, is one of my favorite movies. So I've never seen that. So oh, I, I love it. it. It's done in rotoscope, so a lot of people don't like it, but I, I love that movie. It's one of my favorite movies. Um, Comparable to this work, right? Like, yeah, yeah. And then there's like, there's like two other reviews from this competition that he submitted something to. Um, same idea, pretty much. Yeah, like, and they're all very, they're all like, uh, full of praise and they think it's so great and telling him how courageous he is for writing the story. And I just, I mean, of course, you know, we don't know who wrote these reviews. We don't even know if they're real. We do not know for certain what the intention of these reviews are. That being said, we read the goddamn thing and I just feel like I'm 99% sure that these are just people pulling this guy's chain, you know, like yeah. fucking with him. And 
There's um, no way, man. I can tell you, though, uh, so the one thing I will say about... Uh, I'll say that I have I have a source who told me that uh, the author, when, upon seeing these very positive reviews, it, apparently it goes to his head and it encourages him. So that's not great because you it, have someone who needs to be told that he needs to run this shit through some editors and reformat it and like cut out all the repetition and like maybe it'd have something. I mean, somebody might want to make this movie like... You know, without the ostrich man and the fucking like the <laughs> and, and old sex man, the supplies insane factory. Yeah, Come yeah, on like, down. Yeah, I think that like somebody, I could see someone making a movie that's like this really trippy, surreal retelling of Genesis, right? Because there's a lot of religious people in the world, and a lot of people like to uh, make you know like religious based sci fi shit. You know, like I could, sure. I, I could see like you know the very. Um, there, the very you know basic I'll, idea. This is like the ultimate uh, example of us believing that almost anything can be saved <laughs> because Paris, if this can be saved, is, anything can can be saved with a little it? bit of just re-editing, rethinking, a little hard work. Maybe, you know, don't take like a small like surgical scalpel to this. Maybe you need to take the fucking hedge trimmer and just like really shave away two-thirds of this book, which is just saying the same thing over and over and over again, and maybe you'd have a really trippy half an hour to look at. I mean, I think you just need to set it on fire, but that's me, and then just take the ashes and, you know, do something with Fertilize something else, right. Sniff those, and then also do salvia and ayahuasca, and then write another screenplay. There's an image on this website. Is Is it a snail with a shield? Probably. I think it is. Oh, there's the law bots for you. Oh, there's yep. some nonsensical, unco- like incomprehensible images for the law bots. This guy's other fucking idea. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, Paris. Um, I, so I-, I like, no, but there is one more thing we have to talk about. Like, what if? <sighs> so I think that this book suffers from being written by somebody who doesn't have mastery of the English language. Right. So like maybe it's their second language or third language. And that's why it's partially such a train wreck you know and it's like i don't know i I don't want to fault people for you know not not having you know complete mastery of english but if you're floating a screenplay or a book for an english audience and you don't have it edited by somebody who's native who's a native english speaker then that's a huge fucking problem. Like you gotta, critical, ha- you gotta have someone critical do that, right? thing to get done. Like, like not saying that that person, I'm not sitting here saying, Ooh, learn English. Like, no, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that like, you just need to get help from somebody who is a native speaker and, and have them revise it intensely. Right. Um, in addition to having just like a regular editor for, for the rest of it. Um, but I think I, you would need, I think you would need an entire fully staffed firm of editors. To get this where it needs to be, Paris. Yeah. I mean, I so when we first opened this book, when we first clicked through the Kindle doc, right, We our, our immediate um, reaction was, oh, no, this person suffers from mental illness, right? This person has some kind of condition. Um, uh, so I, again, I have... Uh, a source who tells who guarantees me that this person does not suffer from mental illness 
Um, that being said, I, I don't know. I don't think that. that's something you can guarantee. Um, because I think that I think that people can be really good about hiding, you know, uh, issues they have, like any mental or emotional um, issues, you know, any trauma. People are really good about packing that stuff away and making it, um, you know, invisible. Right. I, I don't think that. I don't think any any one person can look at someone else and be a hundred percent sure that you know they don't have True. some kind of uh, whether mental illness or trauma or you know something. I mean, you know, there are plenty of diseases that are invisible, plenty of issues people have that yep. are hard to tell from a distance. Um, so I don't know. I was I was apprehensive about reading this for the show because you know we don't we don't want to sit here and like poke fun of children or people with you know disabilities or what whatever or deferred abilities sorry i i never know what the right word is to use for that sorry i that's whatever. I, as a person with a disability it's fine like yeah it, we i think the audience knows what we're going for here. yeah yeah by the time we like we really like we were kind of too deep in like we were well into the time period that we were we have established for a schedule we probably wouldn't have been able to change books and like we did get that guarantee apparently, so there is kind of the consideration I w that we were both making. Uh, but at the same time, shouldn't we be judging? You know, th people with issues to deal with can still write good stuff. Yeah, yeah. So right, and it's like you have to straddle that line, right, between like you want to give everyone the same, uh, you want to consider everything with the same set of criteria. You don't want to make concessions because someone has x thing you know or y thing it, it because then that gets fucking stupid that that gets um belittling and you know you don't want to do that to people um but there i feel like there is a line right where you have a piece of uh, a work from somebody who is clearly delusional or just really doesn't have a grip on reality and and this this book really made me wonder um but after i finished it you know after as i was reading it i i want to say i'm more certain that the issue is the english language here um and not some kind of oh sorry not some kind of mental disorder but i kind of um, went it's towards difficult that side to determine. too but i think it's good that we bring it up for the consideration in case not as a disclaimer but like it's a valid critical angle to think about i don't think we even want to exclude people from with issues like we said before things that they're dealing with from you know the the literary world and say like oh we can't deal with that we can't handle that they you know their mind isn't working the way we want them to or whatever they they they, they can be some cool stuff that arises from a non-neurotypical approach to writing or thank something you that like is that, that is a that non-neurotypical as that is a much better way of putting it um thank you i was trying to come up with something but you know yeah i mean like you know for example i mean chris this is up to you if you want to talk about it but i mean i'm sure that like <clears throat> you know you with with the stuff you got going on with your vision like I'm sure that, you know, the way that you perceive things visually is very, it's very different from the way yes, that most people it, do. It's and, quite different. And therefore could produce some really interesting um, descriptions of the world or, you know, color analysis because other people don't think about things the way you do. Because you literally I, I make, perceive the world differently than everyone else. Yeah, I make really weird color choices when it comes to coloring things in, let me tell you. Yeah, and so, yeah, basically all, I guess all I'm saying is... 
we're not we don't want to make concessions for people because they might not be neurotypical or um i don't know or or you know they don't fit the other like i don't know they're not like a college-age white dude yeah. sitting in their mom's basement. At the basement, same time, right? like, we're not you know, here to be bullies about it either and right. be like, oh, this is so dumb because you can't think right. No. Like, oh. it, we're approaching this content first, man, and yeah, the content I, here is bewildering. It is bewildering. And I don't know. There, There's, um... There is a, a companion book, um... To... Necronomicon Junior. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny you say it. the Necronomicon is like not even. It's just like a stupid thing that somebody made up, and it's not even hard to read. It's just like you're a bunch of demons and how to summon them. It's real dumb. Yeah, I read right. it when I was like fourteen. I'm sure you did too. <laughs> um, but there is a companion book to the Eclipse of Darkness. Uh, it's called The Mental Hemispheres: 3D Surreal and Abstract Art Collection. It is a 222 page color uh color glo- gloss color book um it says that it has over a hundred works of art and a psychological storyboard 84 pages of full color 3d computer manipulated images of surreal art that are apparently supposed to go with the book okay there's also a link at the bottom of this page that says travel through deep space or travel down to the quantum world Use left and right arrows. Chris, I want to click on this. Oh, no. Paris, <laughs> don't fall into the fucking other dimension here, please. The scale... I don't need this episode 50 to end with you fucking losing your mind. <laughs> the scale of the universe, too. Please allow or get Adobe Flash Player by clicking here. Watch the YouTube oh, video. I think this is actually like oh, a normal a thing game? that... There's a game. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, what it's happened? got a bunch of languages. I'm going to choose American English. The scale of the universe, too. Use the scroll bar to zoom in and out. All right, everybody. Everyone, please play this game with me. Go to Sunny. Go to the Sunny Films World site. Scroll literally all the way to the bottom, and there is a link. It's http colon slash slash htwins.net slash scale two slash. Play this game with me. <laughs> I... Uh, this was made by Carrie Huang, Huang, technical support by Michael Huang. Uh, there's apparently music happening. I don't hear it though. Uh, it says use the scroll bar to zoom in and out. Click on objects to learn more. Okay. Okay. So this wasn't made by the author. Oh, oh, uh, what? <laughs> what are you seeing, Paris? Please tell me. <laughs> I'm hearing some. Shitty choral music. There is a uh, giant earthworm, human, <laughs> Raflesha. I don't know what that is. Beach ball. Stay away from the light, Paris. <laughs> don't go into the light. Dodo bird. Uh, and then there's like a circle with a hummingbird, a basketball, a ruler, a shrew. Oh, God. I just clicked on the shrew. Uh, uh. There's a chicken egg. <laughs> uh, square inch. Glass marble, grain of rice. So, oh, oh my god! Oh my god! You can keep going. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh no! Oh no! I'm at amoeba. <laughs> I'm at a paramecium. Human egg. Oh god! It gets smaller. Scroll into the quantum realm, With- Paris. Oh my Break god! Through this it to is- the other side. Holy shit! Mist droplet, white blood cell, 
red blood cell X chromosome clay particle. Wow. A clay particle is like the same size as an X chromosome? Wow. I guess so. Or half the size. E. coli. Uh, Red light wavelength. Oh, God. made for like another thing that he linked to. Oh, no. Oh, God. Oh, my God. It's still going. I'm at DNA. (laughs) (laughs) Alpha helix. Cesium, cesium atom, carbon atom, water molecule. Ooh, what's this? Smallest thing visible to an electron microscope. Helium atom. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. This is still going. Okay. Uh, gamma what, ray what? wavelength is one picometer. Uh, the picometer is the smallest Are you ready thing. To, I, to I've entered the picometer. Out of Paris. Break through the Oh, no. It keeps going. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh. We're breaking through into oh. the eternal life cell oh. where we'll all be together at, okay. at all at the same all right, time. All right, guys. I'm now in a section that says lengths shorter than this are not confirmed. We are in the <laughs> unconfirmed lengths department. Oh, oh, here's the quarks. I'm in the quarks. All right. We got a down quark. We got an up quark. We got a strange quark. We got yep. a charm quark. Is the, Are these yeah. just Pokemon or quarks? These Pokemon? are real things, Paris. These are really scientific. Bottom quark, like... high energy neutrino. Oh, my God. This thing is going and fucking blowing my goddamn mind. Uh, top All right, quark. Paris. Top I think quark. No, I'm going to keep going. No. <laughs> neutrino. No, don't go into the light. Oh, God. I'm going. Ah! Oh, wow. We got to... Plank length quantum foam and a string. That's all the way at the end. Oh, there's a string down there, isn't it? <laughs> all right, Paris. That was trippy as fuck. Okay, I found something redeeming. I hope everyone enjoyed the scale of the universe too. It had nothing to fucking do with this book, but I hope. Yeah, we yeah, all no, enjoyed th- it. it's not like this dude commissioned that Paris. This was done for something. No, I've seen I, this I before. Know. Actually. Oh, okay. He just stole it. Uh, this is definitely gonna go in the episode description. I'll I'll make sure we timestamp it or something. Um. Yeah, I'll have to timestamp the Sunny Films website and this. Uh, All right, Paris, let's. Yikes. Let's uh, yeah, say so goodbye. I think. To... Our, I think our uh, what's what's our um. What is our judgment? My judgment is don't fucking read this because you will break your mind. I am fundamentally altered in a way I am not comfortable with. Literally the worst book we've ever read. Easily. I feel like. I don't know. We say that every time, I feel like, but this I know, was we really We even said terrible. that like last time about, like, this is a top three, but this blew the fucking scale <laughs> out of the water. Everything else in comparison to this is miles away. Yeah, I mean, this was barely readable in the English language. I mean, it was barely comprehensible. So, for that, sheer, for that reason alone, I mean, for sheer, like, comprehensibility, you know, readability. Yeah. Uh, yeah, huh. so... Thank you, patrons, for sending (laughs) us into this fucking hellscape. (laughs) Yeah, um, sorry, I've been real coffee today. Um, yes, thank you, glorious patrons. Um, I did not write your names down, so this is going to be the Paris' patron challenge. All right, all right, we got, we got, thank you, Greg, thank you, uh, Veronica, uh, thank you, D. thank you, Will, Will, thank you. Thank you, Chris. Uh, thank you. Uh, what's the n- Lynn? Thank you, Lynn. And Dari. Dari. No, we're forgetting. Um. Um. Uh, J- Jeremy. Was it Jeremy? Yeah. Let's maybe head on over to the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. This is like the one time we couldn't Jared. No, it's Jared. I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry, Jared. Oh, God, I'm the worst. I'm sorry, man. Look, man. Thank did, you. We had so much to deal with uh, this, this thing time. Bro- I'm sorry. This thing broke my mind, and I... I I just got we we both got just consumed in writing notes on the content of this one. So sorry, Jared. We we owe you we owe you one for uh, for next time. We'll we'll have to make the like Jared is the best patron song or something uh, to make you, up for you this slight. Are allowed to be called whatever you want based on your patron tier. So you know if you have a request for us on what we would you would like to be called by all means. Yeah. So uh, sorry about that, everyone. But uh, thank you, Greg, Veronica, D, Will, Lynn. Dari and Jared for your support. Uh, your support keeps this podcast rolling. Uh, it helps us pay for books, hosting, etc. We really appreciate it. Um, not sure I have any. I don't have any terrible book club news. Oh, oh, thank you, whoever else also gave us an iTunes review. I saw that the other day. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank There's you, another thank person. You, thank, you, thank you. Uh, yeah, we really that that shit matters a lot. I I mean honestly, I fucking hate iTunes. I don't like the platform i don't like how everyone defers to itunes as some kind of podcast filtering god uh but that is the sad reality we live in so uh the reviews that we get on itunes really help uh you know in terms of both rating and and reviewing and words uh so thank you to everyone who's done that so far uh but yeah if you know if you want to say hi to us we're really into that we love hearing from people you can email us you can hit us up on instagram or facebook uh we're on goodreads um, pretty soon we are going to have an actual real website, which is very exciting. Uh, it's Yay. not, <laughs> it's not, it's not there yet, but it should be probably, um, maybe like a week after this episode comes out. Uh, in terms of upcoming books, we've got quite the schedule curated for 2019 already. So if, uh, any of you are at the $5 Patreon, patron level and above, or you want to be, now is the time to get your suggestions in, um, to get your requests in, because we've already scheduled almost the full year, and it's, uh, it's, t- it's February today, so it's yeah. February 1st when we're recording this. Oh, yeah, I got old yesterday, uh, that's the only other thing that Happy happened. Happy birthday, Paris! Uh, thanks, I'm pretending Happy birthday! Pretending it's not happening, but thank you, Chris. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, shit, yeah, I didn't curate, like, a, a thing for the end of the episode like I usually do. Uh, oh, yeah, you can also, you can also find us on Twitter. Forgot Twitter. We're yeah. also on Twitter. Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. I will tell you that it's episode 50. Thank you for being here with me for 50 books, Paris. 50 books. I know. Thanks, Chris. It's been a really fun run. You know, if we hadn't taken that year and a half off, we'd probably be at, like, 75. I know. So maybe that's a good thing. To celebrate, I bought a book for myself today that's a good book, I think. It's supposed to be, as the back blurb puts it, science fictional equivalent of A Song of Ice and Fire, and Gurm himself calls it a kick-ass space opera. Oh, damn! So I'm excited. What is this? What is this good book? It's Leviathan Wakes by James S.A. Corey, the first book in the Expanse series. Oh, the Expanse! Yeah, John, uh... John was telling me, my, my old bassist was uh, telling me about that series, and he was going to lend it to me, but I forget what happened at the time. I think I was just too, I was just too consumed by other books, but um, now that we're in the good book corner, I can also talk about some things that I have slated to read, so uh, I, thanks to Chris, actually, who lent me them, I am about to start the Malazan Book of the Fallen series uh, with one of my coworkers, <laughs> weirdly enough, so that's exciting because I've heard a lot of good things about the Malazan series. I'm really excited to read um, a series, you know, since I'm, Chris and I are both, like, pretty obsessed with A Song of Ice and Fire, and since, you know, we're getting jerked around by fucking Grimm there, uh, you know, it's, 
we're really really hurting for a series. I'm hurting for a series, so uh, that's if what I have. you catch up to House of Chains, I'll reread House of Chains with you. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see how far I get. Um, but in addition to that, I also want to. Speaking of a song of ice and fire, I want to read the prequel that came out. What is it called? Like blood and fire. Fire and blood. Fire and blood. Yeah, of course it's called fire and blood. Jesus fucking Christ. Anyway, I really want to read that. Um, and I'm also looking forward to um some books put out by dale patterson he's a wonderful uh like heavy music heavy metal journalist um puts he runs um oh wow i'm gonna of course i'm gonna blank on the fucking name of the production like like publishing house that he runs ah uh cult never dies cult never dies publishing um they put out wonderful wonderful books on heavy metal so if you're interested in heavy metal history interviews things like that uh definitely check his stuff out i'm really excited because he started carrying all sorts of stuff like not only things that he's put it he not only things that he's written or um curated but things by other people and uh she's got a really great selection so i'm looking forward to buying uh more of his stuff and getting uh getting into reading that stuff so awesome yeah Paris. uh we here, also have here, a ooh, what i was gonna say here we are at the, the end of 50th episode here the 50 books so it's a mountain books. that we're continuing to climb. Yeah, I mean, and I uh, I feel pretty good about that. I mean, that's that's 50 trash books in addition to all the other real books that we read and our regular yep. lives. It's not like yep. this is our full-time jobs, you know, so nope. I, feel, I feel a little bit accomplished. I'm trying to... Me too. You know. Give ourselves a pat on the back for seeing this through pretty far. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty far. I mean, I don't... I feel like most, uh, most podcasts don't really get uh, even to episode 50, so, you know... Here we are. Thanks for thanks for joining us. It's fucking 2019. My God, we started this in 2015. Yep. It's crazy. Shit it's crazy. is crazy, Paris. Crazy. Uh, but anyway, uh, downloads have been great lately. They've been consistently um, the highest we've ever had. So thank you for sharing the show, sticking thank with us you. and listening. Um, please continue to share the show and like tell people about it. You know, pimp, pimp out TBC wherever you can. Share your favorite it. episode. Maybe it's this this fucking thing <laughs> <laughs> probably not i don't think this is anyone's favorite episode i guess it we'll find out it wasn't a fun experience for me but uh, <laughs> oh yeah no hopefully hopefully our suffering uh has has become your joy that's 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 what we do we turn suffering into joy yes alchemists we alchemists. are we are alchemists of <laughs> emotional alchemists that's what we are yes. uh all right, all right well Paris. uh yeah i'll uh i'll see you next time chris all right bye paris bye